for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Okay, ooh, that's good. Morning. Great to uh, great to see. It's always good to see people standing, waiting at the back to get sat down. Even when there's chairs, that's not good. Okay, you can sit anywhere. Okay, you don't have to have your special seat. Honest. Um, we've been doing a series on your God is two, and today is the last one of that series. So we've looked at the fact that you know sometimes that the whole purpose of, of the series has been to say God perhaps isn't who you think He is, or perhaps who you've who you've. Ex- experienced him to be in the sense of that sometimes your God might be too distant or you think of God as too angry or you think of God as being in your pocket to do the things you want him to do when actually we are invited on God's journey not inviting him on ours we're supposed to tie our caravan to his car rather than the other way around and actually when we do that we start to see life in a different perspective and in a better way because actually we recognize that God has our best interests at heart and you know, if you know him, if you don't know him, God always has the best interest for you in heart because he loves you. He loves you more than you could ever know. This morning, we're going to look at the fact that your God is too silent. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, God doesn't speak to me. Doesn't, doesn't st- I don't hear from God. I never hear from God. Well, this morning, we're going to hear from God because we're going to open his word. So every Sunday, you've got the opportunity to come and hear me talk, but it's hopefully what God has put on my heart. And what God shares from his word. You know, silence is golden. There's a phrase. Many parents in the room will agree. Yeah, Silence is golden, particularly in the middle of the night. Uh, There's a kind of hush all over the world. (laughs) That's showing my age. That's my dad's age, probably, not mine. But anyway. You know, hello, darkness, my old friend. The sound of silence. Yeah? Um, And silence is often something we thought of. We would give anything for the sound of silence sometimes, yeah? Would we, yeah? Some of us would love to have that peace, that quiet that comes. The only place that sometimes you can get it is in the bathroom, isn't it? You know, you tell the children you go into the toilet. I heard Jason Manford on his podcast this week saying that his daughter had caught him out because he'd said, I'm going to the toilet. And he'd gone and taken a book for a bit of 10 minutes, peace and quiet. And then when he came out, she was sat outside and she said, you didn't wash your hands. And he said, well, I didn't go to the toilet. But anyway, there you go. So uh, he was just going for some peace and quiet because we want a bit of silence. And actually, God is not silent. You know, the Psalms say, even the heavens declare the glories of God. They shout out at us what an amazing God. We sing a song sometimes called Indescribable. It says, Indescribable, you are amazing God. You know, if you stand outside and just see the stars, it's phenomenal and the sunrise, and the sunset, and the beauty of creation, how can that have all been random? It's beautiful. Beauty isn't from randomness. And sometimes we want a bit of peace and quiet. And in the Bible, it also says, be still and know that I am God. So sometimes, how often do you get a chance to be still? You know, how often in your busy, working week at school, college, work, wherever you are, even, you know, just around the home, how often are you taking the time to be still? And actually, there's apps now, isn't there? There's apps on your phone you can get to make you be still. Actually, God just says, be still. You don't need a smartphone, because then you start getting emails and texts and getting distracted, don't you? Be still and know that I am God, because the opposite is true.
truth. If we're not still, maybe we don't know God. If we don't get the opportunity to be still, we don't get the chance to hear his voice. But why is it that we sometimes feel like God is silent, that he's not speaking, or that maybe he never does? We're going to look again in Acts, and uh, it's a very famous passage in Acts chapter 2. We're just going to look at five verses this morning that I think tells us how God speaks, okay? So this is the early church. These people who'd been terrified of the threat of death and been hiding, all of a sudden become this powerhouse because God has filled them with his spirit. Nothing else has happened. They were terrified fishermen who wanted to go back to their day jobs, and they were under threat of death. One of them, even when he was with Jesus, had denied Jesus three times. The rest had run off into the distance. And here we see Peter stand and say this. Acts chapter says this. Then Peter stood up with the 11. He had company, you know, strength in numbers, okay? He stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Oh, sorry, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. We've said this before. I love the way this starts. This is the first gospel message in all of the, the Bible, and it starts with, these people are not drunk. Brilliant. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. First question is, how does God speak to us? How does God speak to you? Maybe you say, well, he doesn't. But I think you can tell an awful lot from the way someone communicates. Do you agree? Yeah, I can tell an awful lot, I think, from the way some of you are communicating now to me, okay? It's like, Johnny, shut up, okay? I want to go back to sleep, thank you very much. Uh, You can tell a lot from how people communicate. A look can say it all, can't it? Yeah? Yeah, okay. I know if Ros looks at me in a certain way, (laughs) I know whether I'm in trouble or I know whether I've been good, okay? A look can communicate everything. So do do I hear a look? Do I hear a look? No. It's something I can see. So God speaks through what we can see, not just through our ears. It's not this booming voice from the sky that's going to go, Johnny, I want you to speak on Acts chapter 2 this Sunday morning. No. Because we communicate in different ways. So why is God any different when we're made in his image? You know, Roz now was smiling at me and she was looking at me as if to say, be careful what you say, Johnny, because later on you'll be in trouble if you say the wrong thing. You know, a look can say, if I said to... um, Come here, Steve. Come on. Okay. Steve, I'd like you to show everybody here a look of panic and terror. There you go. <laughs> okay. Give us a look of panic and terror. Okay. I thought you were more panicked when I asked you to get up, personally. But hey, but thank you very much. But a look can convey it all. You know, you can have that. You know, everybody look at me and show me panic and terror. Come on. Marty, you're smiling. That's not very terrified. That's, that's not good. What about cheeky? Give us a cheeky look, you know. Yeah, Ros is giving me that now, okay. A cheeky look. What about angry? Jeff, you've got an angry face there. Yeah, it's years of practice at the sixth form. So Naomi was just still looking herself. So either, either Naomi's always angry or she just doesn't want to look angry because it's not an emotion she conveys. She's very calm. You know, the tone of voice can tell us what, what's going on, can't it? 
Yeah? Do you agree? Yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit upbeat because I want you to enjoy listening to what God's got to say. If I just spoke like this all the time, then I think you probably wouldn't come. You know, I want to speak with joy and energy because God speaks with joy over you. And God loves you, and I want to convey that. So actually, the tone of our voice, I know, as I say, when Ross speaks to me in a certain way, whether I'm okay, whether I'm in big trouble. Okay, I just know. Because I know her. Why? Because I've spent years in a house with her knowing how Ross communicates. Sometimes I just don't, I can't read it. Sometimes I'm not sure whether it's either. But that's probably because she's wanting me to have that panic and terror, Steve. That's what it is. So all of those things communicate. So why are we still expecting God necessarily to have this? A friend of mine said, I'll believe in God if he came down and shook me by the hand and said, hello, Colin. You know, he said, I'd do that. And I said, well... You might wait for a long time, but God has already done that. Jesus came down to die for you and me. It's a historical fact. It's not just a work of fiction. It's a fact that Jesus came, lived on the earth, did the things he did, and died and rose again. He was seen by people, five, over 500 people after he rose. Actually, the evidence is overwhelming. So actually, why are we expecting one thing when God says, I'm already doing that? I'm speaking through what you can see. You know, I have got children. They are miracles. I thought it more maybe when they were little, but no, they are miracles. <laughs> when those children, you know, we've had babies born this, this week. Is it amazing to see your, your baby? Yeah, it's incredible. And actually, God speaks through that. Because he says, even before you were born, that baby, I knew you and I loved you and I formed you and I think you're precious. God communicates in so many different ways and he different things in different times. And God communicates through his word. Through his word, you know? So if you're saying to me this morning, Johnny, I want God to speak to me, what's the first part of call? What he's already said. You know, maybe, maybe you're asking God about a relationship this morning or maybe you're asking God about a business decision or maybe you're asking God about your finances or maybe you're thinking, God, I need, you know, I need, some, I need some wisdom. Well, if he's already said it through what's written in his word, why should he need to say it again? Why should he need to say it just specifically to you when it's already there? It says in John 3.16, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son for you. So he doesn't need to say it, but he does. He says that one over and over again because he wants to tell you so much. His main theme in the Bible is love and justice, love and fairness. He wants to communicate his love to you and the fact that in the end, it, it, things are fair. And actually, if it's already said, why do we need to ask him again? It's like a child, isn't it? When, when you've got children, you might say, they come to you but just before lunch and say, can I have a biscuit? What do you say? Spoil your lunch. Spoil, you'll spoil your lunch. Steve said yes. That's fine, okay? But, <laughs> sorry, Steve, I had to out you there, okay? If, you ever, if, your kids, if your children come to you and say, can I have a snack, and you're about five minutes off tea, what are you going to say? No. If they come four minutes before tea and say, can I have a snack now, you'll still say no, because I've already told you. Three minutes before tea, no, I've already told you. Two minutes, no, I've already told you. So if you're asking God a question and actually he's already said it several times, then actually the answer is still the same. The answer is still the same. Why do we expect to get something different? You know, God is not silent. He speaks every day in so many ways. The passage we read is Peter speaking audibly to the massed people that are in Jerusalem. But what does he do to share what God wants to say to them? He says, 
Joel said. Joel is a prophet that wrote in the Old Testament. So Peter starts with what they already know. And he says, look at what was written. You've read this since you were children. And this was written. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. It's already been said. That's what's happening here. I will pour out my spirit on all men and all women. Because it's going to happen and it's happened. And yet there's still, he goes back to God's word. And yet so often we go, I want to hear from God. But we're not prepared to go back to what he's already said. And we're not prepared to look at that and say, can I make sense of it? God speaks in many ways every day. I just think sometimes we need to make sure we're looking and listening. Sometimes we need to make sure we're looking and listening. And sometimes the message will be the same. Look at my creation, aren't I amazing? Sometimes the message will be the same. Look at those people who are getting around you. They love you. I love you more. And actually, God will speak if we're listening. You know, I've read a, I read, a, I read a phrase this week that says there are two times in life. There's consolation and there's desolation. Consolation is when things are going well and we recognize God is close and we maybe hear him speak in our situations. I've had loads of times of consolation in my life when I've made big decisions. I stepped away from my job as a full-time teacher with nothing to go to. I handed my notice in before job shares happened, before any of that stuff. I had a wife and two children, a mortgage, and Rosie's running her own business, which wouldn't have paid the mortgage or looked after the children. And actually, God said quite clearly through lots of different people in a two-week period, through what I was reading in his word, now's the time to do it, Johnny. And so I took the step with a real peace because I had a confidence that although it looked bonkers and although on the surface of it, it was like, why are you doing this? God was saying, I've been saying this to you for three years, Johnny. Now's the time. Now's the time. How did he say it to me? He said it through people in places like this. He said it through friends of mine in places. He said it through strangers I'd never met before. And he said it through his word. And it was consistent, consistent, consistent. And when it came to now is the time, I had two weeks where nearly every day something was happening to say, Johnny, now's the time. So I handed my notice in and my head teacher said, we're sorry that you go in, Johnny, because you're wonderful. Um, I wish I'd recorded it, really. Um, You're you're an asset and we're, we're sad to lose you. But if that's what you think you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. My mum went mental. She said, you don't do that. You go and work for an organization. At the same time, church started asking the question, Johnny, you you know, you and Ros and the people are doing a great job voluntarily with the youth, but we think we need something a bit more, a bit more substantial. We think we need something or somebody to be a bit more permanent. I'm sitting there going, okay, you don't know the conversations me and Ros have been having. You don't know what I'm thinking. And actually, God had it all in hand. And then after that was in the October, I went back to school thinking I was finishing at Easter because I wanted to go to Cape and Ray for eight weeks. Well, that's, you know, I wanted that time off. And school came back to me in the January and said, can you come to my office, Johnny? I said, yeah, okay. And she said, we've got a member of staff who doesn't want to come back for the time. Would you do two and a half days a week work? And she'll do the other two and a half days. Well, we'd worked out that to pay the bills and to survive, we needed two and a half days work. She didn't know that. But God had it all in hand. And God was speaking through these situations in an amazing way. That's a time of consolation where you recognize that God is working it all out and he's so close. And if I said to you this morning, if you had times where you recognize you felt close to God, there'd be a lot of hands up in this room. There's a lot of hands who would say, yes, I've heard God speak into situations. Well, then there's the times of desolation. 
where we think perhaps we can't see God speaking, we can't hear him. And people in the Bible had times like that. We're not on our own. Abraham had times where he just felt God wasn't speaking. Joseph, throughout his story, it doesn't say an awful lot about the, other than the times he interpreted the dreams. And so why should you be any different to them? But God is still not silent because he reassures us, either through the fact that we see or through the fact that we can recognize what he says in his word. Why is it? Why do we have that period of desolation where we don't feel that God is speaking, where he feels far away? Why? David asks the same question in the Psalms. It's not all, the Bible's not full of all hunky-dory people who've got it all sorted. Because if it was, we may as well give up now because none of us are. But David asked the same question, why God? Why is this happening? Where are you? What's going on? And he was after God's heart. Why do they happen? Well, I think there's a, a few reasons why they happen. One is that so we grow in faith. Because when it's all going easy, you perhaps don't recognize how good God is sometimes. You recognize how good you are but you don't recognize how good God is. And actually, it's in times of faith. It's not just to have memories of times of consolation, but so that we step into new stories and grow in faith. So we don't just rely on that past and we step into new things. God is not silent. I think sometimes we've just stopped looking and listening. And if you're hearing him, first step, get into his word. Get into his word. Who's enjoyed playing hide and seek in their life? Okay. Five people out of about 150. Okay, hide and seek, favorite kids game. When you've played it with your kids, when they're really little, I love it when you say, let's play hide and seek. And they say, okay, count to 20 or whatever. And you're counting, and they don't even leave the room you're in. And they go and stand behind a curtain or something. You can hear them making all the noise, and you can know exactly where they're going. And you can see the feet under the curtain, and they're stood there behind the curtain. Yeah, you know the scene, don't you? And then, so what do you do? Do you go straight to them and go, hello, I found you? No, because then you're a miserable parent. <laughs> you play that game where you go, are you under this cushion? Are you in this cupboard? And all the time, what are the kids doing? <laughs> Laughing. And you can hear them clearly. Your role in that is a bit like God's role for you. God knows exactly where you are this morning. God knows where you are. He can hear you. He can see you. He, can, he knows your situation and your circumstance. But if he immediately comes and rescues you from it because he can see and hear you, then actually what do we learn from that? We wouldn't do that with our children, would we? We want them to learn to have fun. We want them to learn. If they're riding a bike, you know, do you wrap your children up with bubble wrap? Put them on a bike and say... Never ever cycle without 20 sets of stabilizers on it. No, we don't, do we? Because they learn from falling off the bike. Yeah? Would you agree? Yeah, yeah? thank you. I'm, I'm asking you the question because you just naturally respond, then it, it, the, the, it takes a lot less time. Honest. You don't do that because you want your children to learn. We learn from the bumps and the bruises, don't we, sometimes? We learn from the scratched knees. I broke my, I cracked my head open on a building site when I was about eight playing hide and seek, funnily enough. And I, I was under this ledge and I was counting like this and I went, ready or not? And, and on my eighth birthday, on the 8th of June, um, 1980, funnily enough, eight's my favourite number, obviously, um, I ended up in A&E having my head stitched. But you know what? I learned never to hide under a ledge again and do that. 
Okay? I'd cracked my head open several times, but I did it in different ways. Okay? But actually, we need to learn. The children want to be found, but they still need to be looked for. This morning, whether you believe it or not, God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you. He loves you, and he's like the dad that is looking for you. And sometimes he's not going to come straight to the place where you are, because sometimes we need to learn to have fun. Sometimes we need to learn to, 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 to be patient. Sometimes we need to learn and grow in the difficulty. And that's hard. But we do that as parents with our children. So why is God any different? He's a perfect father. And we know that if we just gave everything to our children, they wouldn't be patient. They'd be spoiled. Who likes Ruka Saltart out in the chocolate factory? Nobody. But actually, as parents, we teach our children discipline because it teaches them things for further on in life, doesn't it? I know, Deb, Debbie and Simon put it this morning. I'm sorry to embarrass you. I remember when Josh was 18 and you put on Facebook, what was it you put? One adult ready to be launched, yeah? Something like that, yeah? When he was 18, it's like, we've done our bit now. I'm sure you've not just abandoned him, but um, <laughs> we've done our bit. And actually, one, one adult ready to be launched into the world because actually, as parents, that's our role, isn't it? is to prepare our children to grow. So actually, God is a dad whose job is to prepare you and me to grow. The difference is we remain children of God. We don't ever outgrow God. We don't say, right, God, I'm off, I've learned. He continues to teach us. And he's not silent, but sometimes he feels like it. God pursues us, but you know, the reverse of that is true. God also wants you to pursue him. God doesn't want to do all the, you know, he doesn't want to just, you know, because then it's no effort for you, it's no meaning for you. God wants to pursue you. So if you're in a time of desolation, then maybe there's things we can try in our pursuit. If things are going, if you're thinking God is silent, I'm going to suggest a few things maybe we can try. First of all, find a new way of praying. Maybe you feel stuck in a routine, or maybe you just pray at the same times in the same ways for the same things. Try something fresh. Find a prayer book. Find a new way. There's loads of different ways you can pray. Somebody at Soul Survivor once used their daily routine to pray. So as she was putting a lipstick on, she prayed, God, use my mouth today to be your mouthpiece. As she was putting her contact lenses in, she prayed, God, today use my eyes to see what you see. Help me to see the brokenness. Help me to see those things. As she was putting her shoes on, she prayed, God, show me where you want me to go today. Help me to go to the people that need it the most. Yeah? There's a new way of praying, a new way of thinking. If you don't pray out loud, try it. Because actually you don't get distracted as much. Don't just keep it in your head. Short prayers. Short prayers. You know, if you're in a car with somebody, help. Um, linked prayers to things we do. Praying as we drive, don't shut your eyes. My, <laughs> it's not the bird box challenge. My mentor gave me an app to use. And it's called Pray As You Go. And he's given it to quite a few guys who commute to listen to. And it's about 15 minutes long. It's free. It's called Pray As You Go. And as I started listening to it, my first thought was, what on earth is this? What on earth? It starts off with some church bells ringing. And then each day, there's a different type of music. So far, most of them have been very, not my musical style, should we say. But then as I listened, and as I sat and was still and I used it, guess what happened? God started to really have an impact on me through it because it was a new way of looking at things. It wasn't stale. It was a different way. Perhaps at first I thought, 
this isn't really for me. But the more I did it, the more I do it, the more I recognize that God is using that to change my heart and the way I am. Second thing is, get into more of God's word. You know, I've mentioned Ros a few times this morning. When we were younger, young people, we didn't have mobile phones or emails. We had letters and posts and exciting things like that. And when I was going out with Ros, and we were engaged for about, well, we were engaged for about three years, and um, I was away quite a lot of that time, either in Liverpool or in um, Aberystwyth in Wales. And I had a box, a shoe box, full of letters and cards that Ros had written to me. Okay. And she had the same. And I know that her box is still in her mum's attic. So if anyone's ever at Ros's mum's house, just have a nosy. Please don't, because he'll just be sick, honestly. <laughs> That's me writing to Ros, by the way, anyway. But if I wanted to know how Ros felt about me, what did I do? I went and got my letters out and I read what she had to say. Because if I read those letters, I would always guarantee that I would know at the end of it that she loved me. I would know at the end of it that she was thinking of me and I would know that she thought I was gorgeous. So there you go, okay? So who doesn't want to think those three things? No, Chloe's now being sick, but anyway, okay. But... I would know how loved I was and I would read those letters and as I read those letters, I would hear Roz speak. Yeah? The Bible is God's letter to us. Some of it's hard, you know? Some of it's tough. Roz once sent me a letter from the dog. You know, that was a bit tough. You know, lots of love and licks at the end of it. No, thank you. Those of you that know me, I'm not interested in the dog licking me at all, okay? But actually, some of the Bible is tough. Some of it's hard to get into, but let's try and read it in chunks. Um, I've said to Carl recently, haven't I? I said that you know, if you went for a steak, you wouldn't shove the whole steak in at once, would you? Well, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> you would not shove the whole steak in at once because it would choke you, kill you, and you wouldn't enjoy it. What do you do? You chop it into morsels and you go, oh, that, that little, oh, that's good, yeah? And actually... It's the same with the Bible. In the passage we read, it's like, as it was written. Joel said this, as it was written. This is what God said in the past. We, we get it into chunks, post-it notes. Write a verse on a post-it note, stick it on your steering wheel, put it on your mirror, put it in your books, put it where you're going to see it throughout the day. Meditate on it. The word meditate means to chew over, to chew over. And as you chew over those verses, God will speak to you. If you try and read a whole book, you won't remember any of it. But if you read it in chunks, you will. Memorize. Read short often rather than big, long, and just feeling you're having to do it to make a start. Third is reach out for community. We're meant to be in relationship. That's why we do church. It's a community. But Sunday morning isn't what it's all about. There's connect groups. There's, there's Walney meals. There's other things. And if you want to know what God's saying, get involved. Because as you get involved and serve, you will hear what he's saying to you. You will see the broken. Anyone who's been a cat befriender or gone with Donna on a visit will know that God is taking us to people who are, who are broken. And that changes your heart. And it tells you that God's heart is for people who need help. And we all need help. Reach out for community. Get involved. And as you get involved, you'll discover you're good at something. You'll discover your gifts. People come, sometimes come to me and say, I don't know what my gifts are. Well, sitting on a chair on a Sunday morning isn't anybody's gift, okay? That's just 
enjoying a meal, hopefully, okay? It's only when you start to step out, you'll discover what you're good at, you know? If you don't know you, if you don't try, you'll never know you're good at it. Fourth thing, journal. Write down your day, diary. Because then you can look back at the consolation times and go, well, I know God spoke in that way. When I stepped out of school, I spoke to Ray Tate and I said, Ray, what's your advice? Because you did something similar. He said, well, Moses had a burning bush moment. So when everything was going wrong, when he was trying to set the Israelites free or when he was trying to get them out of, out of Egypt, he could constantly go back and go, but God has said, but God has said, and so I'm going to press on. And I needed to have a burning bush moment, if you like, to make that big step that I could go back to, that even when I doubted it, I could go, but God has said. God has said. So in those times of desolation, we can read back to the things that he's done in the past. You know, if you do all these things, then you'll hear God and you'll see God. Um, <laughs> anyone ever lost their children in the supermarket? Yeah? Okay. Oh, Jeff, Chad's lost his... Ch- oh, that's, oh, I've, 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 I'm surprised. Okay. I would never have thought it, Jeff. It's brilliant to get them, call them over the tannoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so actually, when you lose your children in the supermarket, Jeff has just said, they get called out over the tannoy. Yeah? And actually, some of us are wanting God to do that into our lives, that we're lost children and wanting this tannoy announcement. Johnny, come back to here. When actually... We just need to recognize that God is whispering that he loves us, that he doesn't want us to be lost, that he wants us to be safe, that he wants us to be secure. God is whispering and wants us to be still enough to hear him, to look at him and wait. But I think sometimes we get fed up of waiting. Yeah? I think sometimes we're impatient. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 that we read says, In the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. All people. Are you part of all people? Yeah. So God will pour his spirit on all people. So God wants to pour out his spirit on you and fill you. So what's stopping it? Because it's not God. It's us. And it's the stuff that we put in our lives that get in his way. All people, but some will see pictures. Anyone here? Put your hand if you've ever had a picture that you think was from God and you've shared it. Okay? Quite a few people. You'll see pictures. Some will dream. I don't know if... Did Corey get that clip of that dream? No, it's all right. Um, Some will dream. Anyone had a dream recently? No? Maybe a dream that will tell you where God wants you to be. Maybe it was a piece of cheese you've had before you've gone to bed. Some will get a sense of a word that God is saying. Some will have a, a Bible verse that speaks into somebody's heart. But God can use you... Because he's poured out his spirit on all people. You just need to say, God, here I am. Use me. Fill me. Send me. It takes practice. I'm just going to ask. I've gone a little bit over time. but um, I used to teach music. This has moved on from the chemistry degree, Raymond. I used to teach music. And there's a thing called an ostinato. Does anyone know what an ostinato is? No? Yeah? Kathy knows an ostinato. Where's Alicia? She's out. She used, I used to teach Alicia. I would have hoped she'd have known. It sounds like, no, that's an Austin Metro. An ostinato. An ostinato is a repeated pattern, okay? And actually, I used to get the children to listen to a piece of music and spot the different patterns they could hear repeated, okay? So I just want, Corey's going to play this song.
listen to this and put your hand up at the end. You can be my children in my class. And tell me what patterns you can hear repeated. Okay, go. Just for the sake of time. It goes on a bit. Mel C, Spice Girls. Hey, there you go. Um, anyone tell me a repeated pattern they heard there? There's at least three. So the bass line. Symbol going. Anyone hear a different one? Liam, if you heard that, I'm very impressed because you've, you've got you've got a problem with your ears. That's really good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's impressive. If you heard it over everybody else, if you listen very carefully, there is a finger click. Okay, so just play again. So it's there. Stop it. You hear it twice before the symbols come in. Now. I got the children to listen and listen and listen to practice so they could hear these different patterns. And they got better at hearing them the more we did it. And they could hear the things like the finger clicks. They could hear the symbols. It goes on. There's other, other patterns that come in. But the key thing that made them hear it was what? Practice. Sitting and listening again and again, to see if they could spot the patterns. It takes practice. Acts chapter 2, verse 21, as we finish, says this, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, God is not silent. He just wants us to practice listening to what he's got to say. And that last verse says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, if you think God isn't interested in you, then this morning he is shouting loud and clear Everyone who calls on his name will be saved. Are you part of everyone? Yeah. If you choose to cry out to him, he will rescue you. He will save you and he will walk with you. Speaking out God's truth. So this morning, is your God too silent? There's loads of ways he speaks. Through people, through his word, through prayer. But the most important thing is we need to practice listening. And actually, many people say things like, oh, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus. But they've never sat once to really listen and search as to whether he's true. They've listened to some voices, but sometimes we listen to the wrong voices. If I turn my phone on and put Facebook on, I could be spending hours reading through people's Facebook news. Yeah. But actually, that voice isn't the one I need to be listening to. I need to be opening my Bible and saying, God, what do you want to say today? I need to be praying and spending time practicing, chewing it over. So is your God too silent? I believe God wants to speak to you. And he started off by coming as, as, a, as a person in Jesus and dying so you could be saved. But I want to encourage you as we finish this morning that he poured out his spirit on all of us to enable us to speak his truth today are we prepared to be brave enough to listen and to speak out I'm just going to invite the worship band back up I'm going to pray 